From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, the glaucoma contact lens, part two. That continuous release may be advantageous in ways that we hadn't previously anticipated. It it was a bit of a mystery to me. Um, It still is. First this. Imagine a library of 100,000 books in subjects that interest you and subjects that don't. The books of this library are arranged, bizarrely, by publisher and date of publication. How useful would such a library be to you? How soon would you give up on trying to find a book that really interested you? ASCRS's impressive online content has been a little like that library until now. The new ASCRS Center for Learning at ASCRS.org learn organizes the vast and growing ASCRS online content, podcasts, and CME offerings into a unified, searchable whole so that we can find the material we want in the format that best suits us. Go to ASCRS.org and click on Center for Learning or go directly to ASCRS.org learn. This is part two of my interview with Drs. Cialino and Kohane on their drug-eluting contact lens. We pick up the conversation where we left off last time. As you said, you found that the higher-dose contact lens produced a greater reduction of pressure. And, you know, while on, on, on first flush, this, this looks to make sense, in fact, it, it conflicts with prior studies that demonstrated no benefit to latanoprost at higher dosing or at higher frequencies. So w- were you surprised at, at this finding, and, and what do you make of it? Yeah, I was completely surprised. So, you know, to, to give you um, a bit of a background on this, our initial contact lens that we use at the time, we didn't know if that was our low dose or our high dose. It was just the initial uh, contact lens that we, we, we looked at, and sure enough, it produced a pressure reduction the same as the contact lens. And so Dan and I kind of thought back and forth about whether we should increase the dose or, or lower the dose. And uh, given what I knew about the literature, um, I was prejudiced in thinking that you couldn't get any better than the drops, meaning that the drops were at more or less the, the apex of the dose-response curve. And that um, my concern was that if I, that if we used a lens that released more drug, that you'd have a paradoxical effect, and the pressure may actually go up, or or not be reduced as much. Dan, uh, fortunately, didn't necessarily didn't necessarily have this kind of prejudice in, ingrained in his in his thinking, <laughs> and uh, and said, well, let's go for the maximum dose and see what that does. Where I was thinking, let's go with the the lowest loading and see if it can still achieve the same pressure reduction as the drops. So fortunately, we did that, and we looked at a higher dose. And uh, to our surprise, the pressure reduction was, um, uh, like I said, statistically greater than that of drops. The important part to realize here is that the study was powered with only four animals. So it, w- it, was, it was only powered to, to pick up on large changes, 
um, if there was a small ch difference in pressure reduction, we wouldn't have been able to tell if that was significant. But because we had a small number of animals, um, we needed a large pressure reduction to to, to to note those changes, and it was that large that we were able to to say it was significantly different. Do you do you think that I mean so one one of the the differences between giving a a higher dose drop and a higher dose contact lens is that obviously the pharmacokinetics of the 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 the, the two systems are 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 different and you you know you 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 have this more sustained even curve with with a with a contact lens than this sort of bolus with the with the drop do you do you think that this may may be one of the i mean i don't want to put words in your mouth but that 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 this may be one of the 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 reasons that the uh, higher dose contact lens uh was more efficacious when a higher dose drop in prior studies wasn't well it's hard to say i'm not sure if we know the answer um it's uh you know, drops are pulsatile, and even if you divide them into different doses that are given um, multiple times a day, it's still pulsatile. Um, whereas uh, uh, something like this, which is a sustained release contact lens, is um, it's continuous, and that continuous release may be advantageous in ways that we hadn't previously um, anticipated. The results, when I f first saw them, I was surprised, and uh, I, I had to ask again our collaborators if there was any signs of inflammation or uveitis or anything like that, which could maybe help explain the, the pressure reduction. And, uh, and they insisted there wasn't any uveitis, and the animals were examined with a soot lamp. Um, and uh, it... it it was a bit of a mystery to me. Um, it still is, but I have seen some other um, research that was presented at the recent ARVO meeting that had very similar findings that we had in monkeys. <clears throat> really, really interesting. Now, on on the on the uh, same theme of sort of pulsatile versus non-pulsatile, I was really um, impressed with the flattening of the diurnal IOP curves in the contact lens group as opposed to the the the, the topical latanoprost group. Yeah, I mean one thing that's really that's really interesting is if you look at the pressure reduction, whether it's the high dose lens or the low dose lens, it was very consistent. Whether it was measured in the morning, in the afternoon, or the morning again, it was always about the same. For the high-dose lens, it was, it was roughly around 10 to 10.5 millimeter of um, mercury pressure reduction. And then even after removing the contact lens, the pressure reduction stayed stable for another four to six hours before it started to um, creep up. With the drop, you get more of a, uh, what I would call a peak trough effect, or, um, where about two hours, at least in the monkeys, two hours after you administer the drop, you get your peak pressure reduction. And then it decays, uh, the pressure reduction decays and is uh, thought to even out about six hours after that. 
So it's uh, it, it was interesting because we don't get that we didn't get that peak trough, um, depending on, irrespective of the time of day. Your 2014 study demonstrated the elution of the drug o- over over 30 days uh, in the in the rabbit model. Although this study, this the monkey study, was not geared to evaluate the duration uh, of the the elution of 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 the drug, do do you have reason to think that you would have gotten thirty days uh, out of the the monkey lenses? There is no reason to believe that um, even if the particular lenses we used in those particular monkeys would not give us 30 days, which they may have, there's no reason to believe that we could not have easily engineered them to do so. It's, it's a very flexible platform. Now, the, these, these, are, these are rigid contact lenses or, or, or are these soft <clears throat> lenses? And, and in either case, can the latanoprost polymer be incorporated into the other sort of contact lens? So um, these are soft lenses. In theory, they could be. Um, this technology could be used with any kind of, or with many kinds of lenses. It's also worth mentioning in passing that this is a platform technology, and that the same thing uh, could be achieved. And we have actually done this with other drugs like uh, steroids, antibiotics, antifungals. Um, just in, the, in these most recent studies, we've focused on latanoprost and glaucoma. Now, let let me ask the the obvious question: What do you anticipate as the adjustments to the system that you'll need to make to apply this technology to humans? For for example, human contact lenses are much larger and provide the potential for a much larger surface area, but also a much larger tear pool, uh, volume-wise, than I imagine that the monkeys are certainly than the rabbits do. Our um, assumption is that the um, changes that will have to be made to adapt to humans will be somewhat akin to what Joe described in adapting from rabbits to monkeys. They're incremental cha- uh, changes, not, you know, massive conceptual differences. In some ways, it makes it much easier, in fact, because the uh, the contact lenses for the monkeys are smaller. I think it was about a 12 millimeter um, diameter, whereas with a human eye, you know, you can use bandage contact lenses that are up to 20, even 24 millimeters. Um, our lens that we used for the rabbits was around um, 14 to 15 millimeters, which is more or less a standard diameter that one would use with a contact lens um, for refractive purposes or even a therapeutic contact lens. So the benefit here with the humans, uh, uh, lenses designed for humans, is that you have a much greater surface area, so the drug polymer film can be restricted just to the periphery. We don't necessarily need it to be um, uh take up as much surface area so from from a from a visual standpoint um it's it's not going to be anywhere near the the visual axis of the of the patient no 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 it's uh it's at least um we can easily load just as much drug into these contact lenses designed for humans with an aperture of um actually 10 millimeters really wow. eight to 10 millimeters. yeah so it's uh I, I don't think that um, it, it would impede the vision in any way. 
um, we've done light transmission studies and it doesn't. You know, I, I, I see this as, uh, as a platform technology and one like glaucoma would be nice because it addresses compliance, but if indeed we can reduce pressure better than you can get with a single drop, then I think we have something really special here. In terms of uh, the, the platform, we've shown um, that we can deliver the steroids and we can deliver the antibiotics. I think it would be a very, very elegant approach for a patient after having, let's say, cataract surgery. A doctor puts on the contact lens at the time of surgery and at the one-week follow-up can take it off. Or perhaps someone with uveitis, instead of taking Predforte every hour, the doctor puts the contact lens on, a week later takes it off. Someone has a corneal ulcer, the doctor puts on the contact lens, maybe the next day or two, the doctor takes it off. And then the patient's not using drops every hour throughout the night. I think it would really make things much more simpler for the patient, deliver medication in a more effective way, um, in a more efficient way, and uh, hopefully have better outcomes. It is worth mentioning, though the data are still somewhat preliminary, that it seems that our lens is able to deliver uh, small molecules um, all the way back to the retina. Um, the uh, exact significance and whether that delivery is sufficient to be therapeutic is still being investigated. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a, like a wonderful platform. Look, guys, I want to thank you very, very much for your, your generosity with your time with me today. All right. Thank you very much for calling. Thank you for your interest. Joseph Cialino is the Henry Freeman Allen Cornea Scholar at the Scapin's Eye Research Institute of the Harvard Medical School and Massachusetts Eye and Ear Infirmary in Boston, Massachusetts. Daniel Kahane is Professor of Anesthesia at the Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts. Their paper, Latanoprost Eluding Contact Lenses in Glaucomatous Monkeys, appears in the October 2016 issue of Ophthalmology. Ask questions of Dr. Cialino, Dr. Kohane, or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at josh at iWorld.org. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.